also if you would like to get your November in early that will be socks so bring a pack of socks or a pair of some socks uh, we, we do want those sorts of things and that is one of the things that we get the least of because we only have a short period of time to gather them so we only have two weeks in the month of November, and then we have our packing day, which is going to be uh, November 15th. I believe that's uh, that Wednesday, so we'll be packing that particular day, so you only have a couple weeks to, to get your stuff in. We also, was talking to somebody this morning, we do have a couple of dates for our Operation Christmas Child for going to the facility, but I am still working on a better date and time because the time that we have is... I don't like it, so uh, I would like to get a better one. So I'm, right now, I'm not going to announce the time, the date and time. Uh, I'm, I'm checking back periodically just to get a better one. Just you, just pray that somebody this uh, that today, even as they have people sign up, they'll let go of some of their spots so that we can have a spot to go. That's not, you know, really late at night. <laughs> Because <laughs> for some of us, we like we're night owls. We like to stay up, but for the for the rest of us, it's like oh, I need to get in bed because we don't want you to be late for church the next morning. So <laughs> anyway, but we do have uh, a couple of dates for that. Also, if you are here this morning, if you're watching online, you are personally invited. This is your invitation that is extended to you to come to our thanks meal. We'd like to see you. So that is November the 19th. It's going to be here at 10 o'clock. We're going to have a great service, followed by a fantastic meal. Oh, my goodness, the food is going to be just so good. So be here on the, uh, on the 19th of November. We will have a date for our church Christmas party sometime soon. I know it seems like Christmas, what? But that's two months away, only two months. So we're going to have that happening really soon but all these things are going to uh, we're going to give you a call for for those special events if you are planning if you're watching online and you'd like to go with us this tuesday day after tomorrow to the watchman of the streets we would love for you to so watchman of the streets we're going to be gathering here at five o'clock on tuesday so that we can go to charlotte and minister to the homeless we have 25 bags thank you kim and sister dean and thank you to everyone who has given because we have gotten i'm sure i haven't even looked in the bags but i'm sure that there is so much great stuff so thank you thank you thank you to everyone who has given uh we're going to be going tomorrow to pick up some uh, tents and sleeping bags because that's one of the things that that they are asking for as well so thank you for your giving if you would like to continue to give to that we'd really appreciate it at you just mark on your envelope watchman of the streets or um w-o-t-s or homeless anything like that will will indicate to sister dean that that's what we're that's what the money is going for because this is going to be a continuous thing we're going every quarter so the next time we go is going to be in january we want to make sure we have plenty of stuff to go because this is a really important ministry that we're involved with so thank you so very much speaking of important ministries bless you we have with us today the Gideons. We're so excited. Thank you so much for being here. So the Gideons will be here to minister to you, to talk to you about what they are doing. We have a, a very special guest who has been here nine years ago, right? 
we have Brother Doug with us and his wife. Thank y'all so very much for being here. And of course, we have Brother Marty, who we know and, and appreciate very, very much. So, a couple of things. If you plan to give to the Gideons, any loose offering that you give into the offering plate will be given straight to the Gideon calls. Remember that every single penny that you give to the Gideons goes straight to to Bibles. It does not go in anyone's pocket. It goes straight to purchasing Bibles. So anything you give today that is loose, if you plan to give your tithes, that's important. If you plan to give your missions and, and things like that, mark it on your envelope that it'll go to the right place. But anything loose goes to the Gideons. And then as well, you will notice that we have some testaments up here. Okay, we're going to, uh, Brother Doug is going to tell you more about that. But it's very important because if you feel the leading of the Spirit during our fellowship time, you are encouraged to come up and get a testament so that you can share it with somebody. You, you are going to ask the Lord, Lord, give me an opportunity to share the gospel with someone. Give me the opportunity to give this testament away. That You think that, that you're going to have faith. You're going to believe that the Lord is going to open that door of opportunity for you so you can come up and get a testament. If you plan to go on Tuesday to the Watchman of the Streets, you need to have a testament with you. Because that is something we often have Gideon Bibles with us, and we found a we found a new fancy way to um, to you know intrigue people. I'm not going to tell y'all because it's a secret, but um, <laughs> we found a great new way to intrigue people that they want to receive God's word. So take one with you. And, uh, and be able to, to give that out to somebody and offer some hope to them. So that's a, a great thing to do. While we are having our fellowship time, I encourage you very, very strongly to come get a testament. Okay? There's also some in Spanish. So if you have any Spanish-speaking people that are in your life, you can hand those out as well. So remember those things. Uh, last week, if y'all were here, hey, if you know, you know. Thank you, Lord great service great service i had i uh, had people text me people who are watching online to text me and said it was a great service and and how much they appreciated all that went on on sunday and hey yo the the live stream cut off early y'all don't even know it was so great even after that so the the holy spirit really moved and and we're just so grateful that he took over um and so I hope that everyone had the opportunity to reach out as the hands and feet of Jesus sometime this week, that you were able to encourage someone to reach out. And I had a few opportunities this week. And I'll tell you, a couple of them, I feel like, thank you, Lord. I feel like that went really well. One of them, not so good. I kind of I failed. I realized it afterward, too. I was a little impatient. And I say a little. If you know me. I was somewhat impatient. And afterward, after the reaction of the person, I felt convicted. Oh, Lord, I shouldn't have been impatient. Lord, forgive me. Because that was an opportunity to, to show the love of Jesus. So I'm telling you, sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we don't quite get it right, 
but that's okay. Don't be discouraged. Keep reaching out. Keep doing your best. Keep asking the Holy Spirit to open up opportunities for you to reach out to others. Amen. Let's see in this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. God, you are so good. You are so lovely. Lord, you have given us this beautiful day to come into your house. God, we thank you for the opportunity of fellowship. Lord, we thank you for each and every person who is here. God, for each person who's watching online. Lord, for those who are not able to watch online right now, who are, who are doing other things, if they're on vacation or if they're sick or whatever it may be, God, I pray that you would give them strength and encouragement, physical, mental, emotional. God, just lift them up and let them feel your Holy Spirit. Father God, I, I pray now that you would have your will in each and everything that is done today. Lord, I ask you that you would just anoint every part of this service. We have some special things going on today, and I just pray your anointing and your touch on each minister today. Lord God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that we would have a desire to, to reach out to others. Lord, to share your gospel, to share your good news with others around us. Lord God, I pray that you would open up opportunities for us to do so. Lord, I just pray that you would accept our worship today, that it would be pleasing to you. We thank you, we praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I believe you gave sight to the blind. I believe that the dead came to life. I believe there were wonders and signs, and you're still the same. I believe every word that you said. I believe there are scars in your hands that your goodness is good without end and you'll never change i will tell of your wonders sing of your grace the god of creation he knows me by name the lord is faithful yesterday now and always always your mercy is mighty age after age all generations will bow down in praise the lord is faithful yesterday now and always always i believe you will come in the clouds i believe you are here even now in your presence i know there is power power to save i will tell of your wonders and sing of your grace the god of creation he knows me by name the lord is faithful yesterday now and always always your mercy is mighty age after age all generations will bow down in praise the lord is faithful yesterday now and always always you are you are you always will be god yes you are you are you always will be God. Yes, you 
tell of your wonders, sing of your grace. The God of creation, he knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now and always, always. Your mercy is mighty, age after age, all generations bow down and praise the lord is faithful yesterday now and always always sing you were you were you are you always will be god yes you were you are you always will be god We'll tell of your wonders, sing of your grace. The God of creation knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. You are good. You are good, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my day. This is my daily bread, your very word spoken to me, and I, I'm desperate for you.
desperate without you. I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you. Those around me, holy, 
there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me and i will build my life upon your love worthy of praise this morning. He is holy and righteous. Give him praise this morning. Hallelujah.
but sometimes I get discouraged. Now, I know none of y'all ever get discouraged, but sometimes I do, and I have to be reminded that God is in control. October the 26th and 27th, we're going to be at UNCC distributing God's Word, these little green testaments. And so when I told you sometimes I get discouraged, sometimes we need encouragement, right? And so I have a letter that was sent to international headquarters in Nashville, Tennessee, and I would like to read you that letter. I don't like to read to people because I don't want to insult your intelligence, but I'm going to read you this letter. The following testimony was shared anonymously with international headquarters and is a source of encouragement to Gideons and Auxiliary and to the church around the world who may not yet know the impact they are making for the kingdom. One year ago, I was handed a testament after one of the most difficult weekends of my life. The man who handed it to me told me he wanted me to have it. It was the last testament he had on him, and he said, I've been waiting for the Lord to lead me to the right person. I'm so glad it was me. This book of scripture changed my life. I had been avoiding the distributions around campus for the past two years because I wanted nothing to do with God. I was an angry person. Now, every time I see Gideons out there, I'm reminded of how much respect I have for you. I'm writing to tell you, all of you, this association, that man, that one act of faithful service changed my life. I gave my life to God a month and a half ago, and it's the best decision I have ever made. I can never thank the Giddings enough for what you do. Please do not get discouraged because I was once one of many who have turned down scripture. So many people are lost just like I was. You helped steer me towards the best gift I could ever receive. I will always remember the first Monday of October. That's encouraging to me. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, congregation, for allowing me to come and report to you not what the Gideons are doing, but what God's doing through the Gideon ministry. Uh, Gideons are professional and businessmen who are members of local churches just like yours. We're strong in number with a quarter of a million women, men and women serving all around the world. We believe the Bible is the inspired, the infallible, the inerrant word of God. We distribute Bibles in hotels, motels, hospitals, nursing homes, to schools, to colleges, to our jails, to our prisons, to our military, to our law enforcement, to our EMTs, to our firefighters. And our wives, they place Bibles in doctors and dentist offices and in battered women's shelters. Now you may say, well, why do you do what you do? I'm going to read to you Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. That's an awesome challenge to the church and to the Gideons. There's over 7 billion people living in the world today, many living in remote areas, speaking different languages. 
how in the world are we going to accomplish this task? Acts 10, 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the answer to that, there's the question after that, and, and we played it there for just a minute. There's some questions. How are they going to believe without hearing a pastor? If we can get testaments into the hands of people that have never heard about Jesus, have never heard the word of God, and when they read that testament, they can get to the back and it says, God loves you, and that we're all sinners, and that God made a remedy for sin through his son, Jesus Christ, and it says, all may be saved now. You see, the Gideon ministry began about 124 years ago with a purpose and a promise. The purpose was to win the world for Christ. The promise was that every penny that you give would go to purchase and distribute scripture. And the Gideons have been faithful to their purpose and their promise. Last year, we, we distributed nearly 54 million copies of God's word in 199 countries and in 109 different languages. And that would have not been possible without the partnership of churches like yours. Now you're going to say, how can I help? And I'm going to tell you how you can help. First and foremost is to pray. Prayer is the key to the success of the Gideon ministry. Prayer is the key to the success of Church of God at Cornelius. Pray for us. We covet your prayers. Uh, pray for men that are... You, in the United States, it's not that tough. We, we might be told they don't believe or they don't want a Bible. But in other countries, men can still literally give their lives for the gospel of Christ. Then you can give. You're going to give an opportunity. Give When the plate's passed around, uh, your pastor told you that all the loose change today uh, would go to the Gideons to help purchase Bibles. In a day of inflation, uh, everything's gone up, right? These, these testaments used to cost us a dollar and 35 cent. Today they're a dollar and 25 cent. How'd that happen? They went down a dime, and so a dollar and 25 cents gonna purchase a scripture like this. You can uh, participate in our Gideon card program. Take a card. Uh, you know, if you go to CVS or Walgreens and buy a card, some, some of them cards are eight bucks. If you put five, five dollars in this envelope right here and uh, send the card to whoever you want it to go to, it's going to purchase a Bible like this, five dollars. And that Bible will go to a hotel or motel room or a hospital and has the potential to last six years with normal wear and tear and reach 2,300 people with the gospel of Christ. That's a pretty good investment for five dollars. One other way you can help is we have a program called the Friends of the Gideons. And that's where you can become an active part with the Gideons International. You become, can become a prayer partner or a financial partner and you'll be able to go online and find out what the Gideons are doing this week and this month, where their distributions are, and you can pray and you can help us financially if you would see fit. So if you want to become a friend of the Gideon, you can talk to uh, us after the service will be happy to help you do that. January the 6th of 2012, 
the surgeon aborted my operation and told my family I had six months to live. Now that was 11 years and 10 months ago. You see, I had pancreatic cancer. I had a surgeon that was not a believer, but my oncologist was. And he said, Doug, I need you to go to something called the Purple Stride. I said, well, what's that? He said, that's a walk where people with pancreatic cancer raise money for research. And I said, well, why do I need to go? He said, because you give people with pancreatic cancer hope. The greatest hope of all of us is Jesus that lives inside us. So I told you a personal story to tell you that we need to get that hope into people's hands. I lived and give people with pancreatic cancer hope. Jesus died, but he lives again, and he gives us all hope. Thank you for partnering with the Gideons International to give hope to a dying world. encouragement that I rejected that Bible for a long time but then one day I accepted that Bible I received <laughs> hallelujah brother Mike I feel like jumping over the church amen hallelujah 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 oh bless his name now brother Doug he mentioned uh, Acts, that, Acts 1 and 8 and we understand our mission, and you keep where you read your Bible, uh, your daily uh, reading and meditation on the Lord. Now, this mission is on the wall as you go outside, and for everyone to see. It is salvation, ongoing development, uplifting conversation, love never fails, serving love. But then that Acts 1 and 8 that you read, my brother, is the vision for the church here at Cornelius in Jerusalem our personal relatives in Judea it's friends co-workers church family Samaria is underserved people groups uttermost part of the earth is the mission field and as you go out the door here you look up catch the vision let's the mission field is out there. People need to know the Word of God. And it is the infallible Word of God. It is God breathed. Oh, <laughs> it is God inspired. Jeremiah said, Call unto me. I'll show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Hallelujah. And then unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could think or that we could ask. Hallelujah. Our pastor drilled us over that, uh, that love of God, that, that that we could think or ask or believe exceedingly above, exceedingly above.
How many times did she say that? I hope it inbred in us that we have a God that is able under any circumstance that pancreatic cancer, that the cancer my brother Doug had can be healed. Thank you, lovely Lord. I thank God that he brought me through a period of cancer. And today, I am alive and well. And my wife said, breathing a little hard this morning, but uh, all is well. Amen. Hallelujah. All is well. There's not a thing that we give to that I enjoy any better than giving to Gideons because they buy Bibles and they hand them out all. You heard those numbers. Isn't it marvelous? It's almost unthinkable that this could be done, but men and women are dedicated to carry the gospel. And then, and Brother Marty, uh, I, and Brother Marty is a part of us, actually, and his wife, too, by proxy, I guess, of him. And, and um, But I just learned that Brother Marty, I learned today and was reminded today that Brother Marty has beautiful feet. How beautiful are the feet of those that carry this gospel, that spread it around the word, world. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I, I want to receive a good offering, and not because of who I am, but I want you to maybe, if, if you don't have money, borrow some money right now. And you know that we've been mentioning this for a few weeks now, for you to get ready to give and to get an offering. You cannot give too much. There's no way you can give too much. And I'll, I'll tell you, whatever you're able to give, if it's a little bit, if it's a dime, or if it's $10, or if it's $100, it doesn't matter. God will take it. And I tell you, we got a God that can multiply that. Whew, Brother Mike, I'm still jumping over the church. Hallelujah. we got a God that is able to make it bigger than it was wont to be. He does it over and over again. I love him for it. Hallelujah. Amen. So would you prepare your hearts to give? Now surely your tithe and offering uh, to the church are already designated. Maybe they're already in an envelope. But if you fail to put your tithe and your offering to the church in an envelope, it will go to the Gideons today. Amen. All the loose offering and put a bunch in there. Praise the Lord. And if you haven't had time yet, I've already asked my wife to give, uh, and she wrote a check for me um, already. So I have mine. I've borrowed mine. Praise God. Amen. And I like giving it. I enjoy it, and I praise God for the opportunity. Our usher's coming now to wait upon you. Please give liberally and watch God give it back to you. Two, four, six, eight, tenfold. And even open the windows that you can't receive what he pours out. God does it, and he does it good. Father, I love you for your goodness and your blessings. I love you, Lord, for this privilege to worship you in our gift-giving now. And, Father, we give our tithe and offering to the church and bless it, use it for your glory. And, Father, we give now, and I hope that we're able, each of us, to give liberally to this cause. One of the greatest causes in my mind that we have today. And Father, use it for your glory. Bless it. Make it bigger. 
Oh, just make it bigger than it was wont to be. And, Father, we'll give you praise, and we'll honor you. And I ask you, Father, to bless every need of every life of those that will watch this program and those that are here, that they may receive of the Lord great and mighty things which they cannot understand how that God will open up and pour out blessings. And we thank you, and we thank you for your favor. And, Lord, would your blessings now be upon all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Please forgive me.
received prayer requests this morning? Jennifer. Benson yesterday Irwin Irwin. she said pray for her husband he's not expected to live and she was she had stepped out to get some things done so she said pray for him she prayed for that lady we want to pray for Rhonda as she's traveling have a safe trip a fun trip and we do want to pray for Sister Judy as she travels Sister Joyner speaks of her boys, Colton, and we want to pray for her friend. We want to pray for Ken and Diane, a, heal, a healing in Diane, and just lift Ken up and pray for Sister Keller as well. spoken request that only them and the Lord knows about. Raise hands. Stand with me as we take them to the Lord this morning.
time to fellowship and remember as we fellowship if you feel the need the desire to, to grab a Bible please grab one Cause we're so 
Lord. Glad y'all were here. And if you did not get the opportunity to get a Bible and you would like to, then there's still a few here. If you're watching online and you want to uh, text some, if you want one and you want to text somebody, now don't be in a conversation, but if you want to text somebody, pick up a Bible for me. We will. Okay, because we we want everyone to be able to participate. So we are continuing today. Now, last week, and, and Shane said to me, and it's next time, you, yeah. Shane said to me last week, he said, he said, when I, when I was up there praying, I knew it wasn't going to be a regular service. He said, I, I sat down and, and, I, and, I, and something said to me, she's about to call an audible. <laughs> I said, yeah, well. I said, next time that happens and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you, please say something to me so that it's like confirmation because otherwise I'm just sitting here going, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> are you positive? Because <laughs> you know me, Lord. So, okay, next time. All right. <laughs> so, the week before last, we looked into the windows at the church in Thyatira and we learned that what you do matters God sees, and it matters to him. God gives room for repentance. Remember that even that Jezebel was given opportunity to repent. She didn't, but she was given the opportunity. And we must know good from evil nowadays. We hear good is called evil and evil is called good, but we must know what God's word says in order to truly be able to follow him so now we move to the church in sardis of course we're going to be in revelation chapter 3 so the name of this city may mean red ones or prince of joy just depending on the translation you take a look at it was the capital of the kingdom of lydia it was thought to be the home of king croesus of lydia if y'all have ever heard the term richest creases, anyone ever heard that term richest creases? I used to think that it was rich as creases, like the creases down your pant leg. 
I didn't know. So, but rich, like, wow, those are really nice creases. Those are rich. <laughs> so, but this was the, the home of King Croesus. And so this is a very, very wealthy city. And because of the wealth of the city, it had been invaded, looted, and conquered many times. Gold and silver coins were first minted here in Sardis. They had a reputation for great wealth. Fruit grew abundantly there because of the richness of the soil. So not only were they rich financially, but even the ground was fertile. Wool was dyed first in this city. They figured out how to dye wool, and so that became a, a thing of uh, income for them, a source for them. There was a gold mine in the riverbed in Sardis, just rich. So their sand was full of gold. King Cyrus, we know King Cyrus, he invaded Sardis, and it is said that he took with him $600 million worth of treasure. Now, for thousands of years ago, $600 million worth of treasure. These places, my golly, just rich. Unimaginable wealth in this one city. In Sardis, the people worshipped the goddess Sibylle. C-Y-B-E-L-E, if anyone is taking notes. She was called the mother goddess. And she was always represented by a, a chubby older woman because she was the goddess of fertility and wild nature so she was she was healthy <laughs> when they when they represented her so we notice here the greeting to the angel of the church in Sardis was this verses 1 through 3 of chapter 3 and it says and unto the angel of the church in Sardis write these things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent if therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. So these are the words of the one who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. So the seven spirits of God is an interesting reference. We see this a few times in the book of Revelation. Remember that the number seven indicates perfection and completion. Now, John is in no way saying that there are seven Holy Spirits. Okay? We, we do not believe there is one God. He exists eternally in three persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. There is only one Holy Spirit. But we do recall that when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the book of Acts, remember it said that the the flame divided we we 
I preached about this months ago. The flame divided and sat upon each of them. So it was not 120 Holy Spirits, but it was the one Holy Spirit who came and who divided and sat upon each of them. So it could have a similar meaning here, but also in Isaiah, you do not have to turn here, but if you're writing it down, Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Again, you don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it to you. It says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Ah. Continuing on. And he shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. This is known as the sevenfold spirit passage. So this is a messianic reference that the prophet Isaiah was given to talk about Jesus. So here, as Jesus refers to himself as the one who has the seven spirits of God, it could be that he is saying, I am Messiah, the one who was prophesied by Isaiah, who has this sevenfold spirit. And I do not look at things the way that man looks at them. I do not look just on the outward appearance and judge according to that, but I see what's going on on the inside. This makes perfect sense as we consider what he says to the church here at Sardis. Also, he said that he had the seven stars, and these seven stars are interpreted in chapter 1 as the pastors of the seven churches. So he said, I am the one who is Messiah, who has that sevenfold spirit upon me. And I hold these seven pastors in my hand. Thank you, Lord. And he says to the church, I know your works, your toil, your deeds, your labor. You have a name that you live, but you are dead. Your reputation does not match your reality. The appearance, what, would, what it would look like to all the rest of the world who was judging, is that you're alive, but you are a corpse. The word that is used here in the Greek is more the, the corpse, the actual body, not simply the state of being dead. So what Jesus is saying is the body is there, but there's no life in it. Then he says to watch and strengthen. Watch, collect your faculties, keep awake those who are still alive. So he's saying to this church that has a reputation of life, wake up and keep alive those things that are just barely alive strengthen 
meaning here to confirm, to make stable, to become constant in what is left. There are some things that are about to die if they are not stabilized. You look like you've got it all together, but there are some things that are about to die if they're not shaken awake. He says to them, your works have not been found perfect. Now, this word perfect, meaning complete or mature. Christ had seen and was aware of their works. Oh, yes, I've seen all the things you do. But he had found none of them to be complete. Perhaps they had a reputation of life because they always had something in the works, but they had no follow-through. Yeah, you always got stuff going on. You always have this going and that going, and yeah, you got meetings every week or two. You've got, you know, I'll, and I don't want to say anything specific because there's no, <laughs> this is to all the churches. You got that going, and you got this group, and you got this, and oh my goodness, things and things and things. And everybody else in the world would look at you and say, wow, that church really has it going on. But you're dead inside. You're just corpses. He says to remember and repent. Be mindful of how you've received and heard the word of God. Now, this is interesting because the word that Jesus, through John, uses is how, not what. So he's not saying, remember what you have received. He says, remember how you have received. Remember how. Remember how, when you were dead in sin... Someone came and told you the gospel. And it brought life into you. Remember how you were steeped in depression. That you were steeped in addiction. Remember how you were steeped in just the worst of all kinds of things. And how Jesus was willing to reach out and pull you out of that pit. Remember how that happened for you. So what Jesus seems to be telling the church at Sardis is not just remember the gospel, but remember your testimony. Remember how you have received could be a reminder that they need to bring back to mind all that God had done for them. Not just the gospel, but how he had provided, how he had delivered, how he had rescued he says, hold fast and repent. This meaning guard from loss or injury. This is an interesting command from Jesus. Guard from loss or injury. Now, twice this city had been invaded by enemies. And both times it was due to the fact that the city walls were not well guarded. Now, Sardis, if you were in the city of Sardis, it looked fortified. You would look up and see the towers and the guards around the towers protecting the city. But there's a story 
in which an invading army was coming into Sardis and they were looking for a way, they had sent in spies to look for a way to get inside. And the commander said to the army, if any of you finds the way to get into Sardis, I will reward you financially. So they were all waiting around. They were all looking and and they waited and waited. And this one particular soldier who was up on the, from Sardis, who was up on the tower, he dropped his helmet. And the opposing army, but the, the uh, soldier was watching. And he watched as he went down this hidden stairway and went down to the ground and picked up his helmet and went back around. And because there was no one at that hidden stairway, they, they thought that it was completely hidden. They thought that it was fortified. No one's ever going to find this hidden stairway. But that enemy soldier was watching, and he told his commander, and that is how they went in and defeated the city of Sardis. So Jesus is saying to them, your whole entire city is used to just sleeping on the job. You're rich, and they weren't like as bad as Laodicea, rich and increased with goods, but you're used to just kind of being lazy in the way that you protect the things that are important. So you need to wake up and protect. If they were off their guard, Jesus said he would come as a thief when they least expected it. Now this could mean to come and judge the church or this could hearken back to the words of Paul that the day of the Lord would come like a thief, the second coming of Christ. It would come like a thief in the night. They wouldn't even know it. So Jesus said, watch. Then we see in verses 4 through 6, it says, Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So a few remain. There were some within the church who had remained alive. Their garments were not defiled, meaning polluted with sin. And it said that they will walk with Christ himself, clothed in white, that Christ has considered them worthy of reward. To those who get the victory, To he that overcometh, in the Greek it, it means, literally, to those who get the victory. They will be arrayed. And here, in this case, this word that's used means something will be placed upon them. That Christ will, will place a garment around their shoulders. This white raiment. In Roman culture, white was the color of triumph. So, so Jesus is saying, you are going to be clothed in white. You are going to be triumphant. It's going to be proof that you have made it, that you've overcome. 
and that he would not blot out their names, but would confess their names before the Heavenly Father. This word here, blot out, means to wipe or smear or obliterate. So this implies that the names of believers are written. However, Jesus said, if y'all don't continue to walk with me, I have the power to erase them. I have the power to blot them out. If you don't wake up, if you don't straighten up, if you don't overcome, I have the power to wipe those out. But for the undefiled ones, he says that he will confess to acknowledge openly and joyfully before the Father and the angels. Now this is reminiscent of the Gospels. When Jesus says, if anyone is ashamed of me before me and I will be ashamed of them before the Father. But if you will confess me before men, then I will confess you before my Father in heaven. Those few in Sardis had not been ashamed of the gospel. There were some in Sardis who had willingly spoken out the name of Christ, who said, yes, I am a believer. Yes, I am a Christian. Yes, I follow Christ. So we must listen and respond to the Holy Spirit. Wake up. After all the heresies and idolatries of other churches, this one hits a little different. We've been looking at the different churches as we study our, our health and wellness of, of our church. But we see all those other churches that there were heresies. That there were false teachers who would come into the church and who were trying to lead the people away. We talked about that woman Jezebel and, and the, the Sybil who was in that city, that oracle. And, they, and the people would go there and, and have their fortunes told. We talked about the, the teachings of the Nicolaitans, that they had perverted the word of God and, and they were telling people to worship idols and to participate in, in sexual immorality. We hear about those who were of the synagogue of Satan who said they were Jews but were not and did lie. We heard, we heard about all of those. But here we notice in Sardis no such thing. There's no heresy. There's no idolatry. They're, they're hearing the word. They're hearing the truth. And yet... Jesus had a lot to say against them. So what can we learn? The first thing is the harmful nature of complacency. There was no idolatry, no sexual immorality or heresy found within this church. They were working. They had a reputation for lively activity, stuff going on in my mind, stuff going on every day of the week. They had their church calendar full but Christ could see the inside that they were dead so you may be able to fake it with everyone you may claim to love Jesus and be following him in front of everybody you may come to every activity. Please come to every activity. We, we love you. We need you. We, we want you to be here, okay? Please come. 
You may be working for the church faithfully, but no one else can see that you've died on the inside. That you're struggling. That you're wondering if you even believe. That the enemy has attacked you in your mind and your heart. He's, he's brought doubts in your mind. And you're wondering, do I even believe what I'm saying? Do I even believe what I'm hearing every Sunday? Do I, do I truly believe that this is real? And no one else can see it. No one else can tell. But God knows. And the enemy will work through complacency. He will work to lull us to sleep so that we're busy on the outside, but on the inside we could not care any less. There's a danger in complacency. We see here that when we are not vigilant, when we are not on guard, the enemy can come around. He can sneak through and he can steal what's important. He can steal that joy, that passion, that peace. If we're not vigilant, the second thing we see is working without the Spirit. See, there are ways we're not perfect. We're not complete before God. Their efforts, while they look good on the outside, while they were busy, because that's another thing of the enemy. He can keep us busy, even if it's with church work. He can keep us so busy that we don't even have time to read and pray like we ought to. Well, I got, I got to go to church. Well, you, you need to have time with the Lord. Well, I got too much to do to be able to do that. We work without the benefit of the Holy Spirit. Their efforts were half-hearted and disinterested. This harkens back to the fact that the people thought they were alive because they were doing things for God, but they were actually just corpses. Just filling a spot. Not truly alive in Christ. Not living that life abundant that Jesus promised. They were just Recall that Jesus told them that he had the sevenfold spirit. Again, sevenfold meaning a fullness or a completion. So, what if part of their issue was that they were trying to operate without the power of the Holy Spirit? He said, There's a sevenfold spirit that completes you. There's all the, these different parts of the Holy Spirit that can that can provide. He wants to work. He wants to move. He wants to, to make gifts operational within your church. He wants to empower you. We, we read that verse today, Acts 1 and 8. He wants to empower you. But if you are working without Him, then it's futile. Your efforts are only going to be incomplete at best. And that's what Jesus found within that church. So maybe they were operating without the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an empowering presence that we need to be able to witness and operate in our gifting. If the Holy Spirit is not with us, if we are not moving under His influence, we have become useless. 
How often do we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us? How often do we ask Him to show us His plan for our day? We were talking again last week, and, and the Spirit moved, and thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for speaking to us. But that reaching out as the hands and feet of Jesus, how often do we ask Him to give us an opportunity? Lord, show me how you want me to operate today. As I go along my way, as I go to work, as I go to school, as I do this and this and this, how can I show your love to people? And it may be something so very simple. It may be something so minor that we would think, oh, well, it's not a big, grand thing, so maybe the, maybe the Lord's not leading me to do that because it's such a small thing. But no, if we are operating under His power, by His guidance, if we're led by Him, then even the smallest thing can make such a big impact in our lives in the lives of other people that we can reach. The third thing that we see is the time for change. They were told to do three things. Remember, retain, and repent. He said, remember, bring to mind the joy of your salvation. Retain, lift up, and strengthen whatever is still alive. And then repent. Change your mind about the way you've been doing church. Now listen, we a few weeks ago, we planned, we had a, a session to plan the coming year. But we don't want it to just be busyness. Whatever we do as a church, whatever we do as individuals, must be operating out of the mission and the vision that God has given to each of us. It doesn't just need to be a space filler and a thing to do on a Friday night. It, hey, if y'all want to hang out, let's do it. But what we do for God needs to have God's purpose, His stamp upon it. We would do well to follow these same directives, remember, retain, and repent. It's obvious based upon the warning of Jesus that church attendance doesn't equal perfect relationship with God. Busyness doesn't equal the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is looking for those who will not be ashamed of Him in front of the world. Who would be willing to declare, yes, I belong to Christ. Unashamedly. Because we want that when we enter into heaven. We want Him to read our name. To declare us before His Father. Before the angels. Yes, I know this person. So, although they were not sinning that we saw, this church had some major issues to work through. And it would help us to take these lessons to heart. Again, remembering the harmful nature of complacency, working without the Spirit, and the time for change. As the music plays, we just ask the Lord to revive our spirits, to forgive us if we are in the same, in the same vein as the church in Sardis, working but not alive. 
to revive us and, and make us alive in the Spirit. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that is true. God, that reaches into our hearts and convicts us and calls us to change. Heavenly Father, I thank you because you have a purpose for our church. God, there is value in what we do here. God, there is value in each and every person who is here in this room. God, there is value in each person who is watching right now. God, I thank you that you placed within us something special that we can do for you. Giftings that only the Holy Spirit can provide. God, I thank you. But Lord, I pray now that you would forgive us. Lord, if there's any of us here who have been falling asleep on the job, Father, if we've been faking it, and it may be from disinterest or it may be from pain, it may be from weariness and discouragement, but God, I just pray you would begin to wake us up even this morning. Father, I pray that you would reach into our spirit and shake us up. Lord, shake us awake. Lord, that we would not just be a, a body sitting on a pew, but God, that we would be warriors for your cause. Lord, that we would be bold and strong in our witness for you. Lord, that we would declare you before the whole world, that we would be willing to stand up and be counted with true believers. Father, I pray for forgiveness for those times that that we've just just shown up just shown up without any real excitement God I pray you would forgive us and revive our spirits and Lord for those who who are just plodding away Lord who are so weary who are so discouraged Father, for those who are saying, well, this is the only thing that I know how to do. I just got to show up in God's house. I may not feel like it, but I just got to. God, I pray for a revival in their spirits, that you would give comfort to them. God, even right now, that you would restore the joy of their salvation. Father, that the abundant life that Jesus promised would be theirs today. Father, that you would, that you would begin to, to pour in joy joy unspeakable and full of glory God that we would just rejoice in being able to serve you Father that we would see there is more Father I ask you now that you would just pour out the Holy Spirit upon each and every one of us Lord that every day we would be reminded to ask for his guidance Holy Spirit, I pray that even today, that tomorrow, that the next day, you would open up doors of opportunity for each and every one of us. Lord, that we would step through those doors, that we would minister in the way that you've called us to. 
Lord, even if it's a small thing, something that seems so minor, but Lord, that we would begin to hear your spirit speak to us. That you would begin to say, go help that person. Go give to that person. Go encourage that person. Lord, I pray that each one of us would hear and respond to your leading. Father, you have called us. You have called us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You have called us to reach out to those who may never have the opportunity to hear the gospel anywhere else. Lord, we can be that light and that witness, and we pray that we would be. I just ask your help and your strength for each and every person. Give encouragement, give strength, lifting up. And Father, Father, we say now over your people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make his face to shine upon you. May Yahweh be gracious to you and give you his peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
Shape the world. 